Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In his treatise on freedom of choice, Anselm of Canterbury, from about chapter 5 onward, discusses how it is that we are able to abandon, as he calls it, rectitude of will, rectitudo voluntatis. That is, how we're able to set it aside, reject it, how we're able to take this thing that's in our will at the start, and that we have, and that we can use, and decide to get rid of it. He also considers a lot of the excuses that people will tend to make, like the devil made me do it, or the force of temptation was simply too powerful for me, or I couldn't not do it, I was compelled in one way or another. And Anselm's position is that these things are factors, but in every single case, when a person who has rectitude of will chooses to abandon it, they are making a free choice of their own. And they could, in fact, if they decided to persevere in willing rectitude of will for its own sake, they could, in fact, keep it. So he's going to insist that rectitude of will can only be abandoned by willing to do so. So how does that happen then? There's really two main sorts of cases that he considers. And the first one is what we might call a case of two incompatible options where two goods are being presented or two evils are being presented and one didn't choose the situation that one is placed within, but you do still have some choice within the situation. And this is something that has been long discussed by Anselm's time, going all the way back to Aristotle and the Stoics. So it's not something radically new. He talks about a case of being compelled to lie, where somebody says, you either lie or we're going to do something to you. So a lot of people would say that this is a case of lying unwillingly. And Anselm says, well, it depends on how you want to understand willing and unwilling. And it could be understood as being willing and unwilling at the same time. But we're, we're going to look at that elsewhere. The key thing here is that a person is being presented with a choice, a, you might say, a dilemma. The choice is either lie and live or tell the truth and die. As he says here, we've got two different wills going on. He says, maybe the man can lie against his will and not against the will. We're going to come back to that as well. But he says, in lying, the man wills to desert uprightness for the sake of his life. And in accordance with this, he deserts uprightness, not against his will, but willingly. He didn't will the situation that he's placed within. He didn't will to be confronted with this choice that is so momentous for him that determines whether he's going to go this direction or this direction. But the person does have a choice about whether to maintain rectitude of will for its own sake by not lying, by telling the truth, or to lie and thereby save their life, but to thereby also abandon rectitude of will 
whether maintained for its own sake or not, they're abandoning rectitude of will and they thereby lose that as a property of their will. Now, he also talks about another common sort of situation that arises, and he calls this issues of difficulty. In Latin, he uses the word difficile and difficultas, right? There are many things, he says, that we either do or stop doing only with difficulty. And difficulty could be of all different modalities. It could be that we're tempted to do something different. Today, we have all sorts of opportunities to eat as much as we want in the developed world, to eat far more than we should. And we may feel the you know temptation to go and, and eat some more of this, or you know go out to a restaurant, or order in a pizza, or whatever. And we have to resist. And after you've resisted, that doesn't mean that the next moment you're not going to have to resist as well. Right? Same thing with doing things. Think about exercising. You go to the gym, you haven't been there for quite a while, and you're told that you need to, to do this and this and this by the trainer. And you get through your first exercise and you're huffing and puffing. And then you look down the card and you realize you have 15 more exercises with three sets of 10 each. And you're like, oh, how am I going to do this, right? That is a moment of temptation where you're being presented with difficulty. And after you do the second exercise, you still got a will to do the third exercise and the fourth exercise until you get to the very end of it. And we could multiply all sorts of examples with this. And Anselm says that, that there's a lot of people who will say, I can't do it, when what they really mean is I can't do it without dealing with this difficulty that I have to face, right? I can't do it because it takes so much out of me, or I can't do it because I get bored, or I can't do it because I'm tempted to do something else instead, right? Likewise, things that we can't stop doing, it's not that we actually can't stop doing them, it's that we use that as an excuse because we can stop, it's tough to stay stopped, because there's difficulties. You might think about the, the trouble of breaking an old habit. A great example of that is smoking tobacco. It's very addictive. You can, in fact, quit. But when you quit, the challenge is not to quit. The challenge is to stay quit, right? Now, if we're thinking about this in terms of rightness of will, there are many things where we may incur temptations and we can only stick to the commitment that we've made with difficulty. So we often say that in cases like that, we can't do it or we can't not do it or that we do it unwillingly or against our will or in some respect unfree. Anselm wants to say that that's really not the case. And in chapter six, he has a really nice formulation of this. He says that this difficulty does not destroy freedom of will. It is able to beset the will, though the will dissent but it is not able to vanquish the will unless the will consent. So consenting to it, giving in, is a matter of one's own choice, and that is something that we're responsible for. So what happens when we abandon rectitude of will? We can say in every single case that we do abandon rectitude of will that we are making some sort of choice. We're making an option between two things. And this has to do with what we're valuing. We should ideally value rectitude of will maintained for its own sake 
most highly. And so long as we do that, we maintain it. And if we have it, we always can, according to Anselm, continue to maintain it. Even if we're placed into situations like those where we're being forced to choose between two different options, one of which requires we abandon the rectitude of will, or when we're placed into situations of difficulties where we have to commit perseveringly over and over and over again. And the, the word that Anselm actually uses there, you know, to persevere in this and other treatises is to, to make choices over and over and over again. So what happens? Well, there's, there's always going to be something else that we value or prefer more than that rectitude of will, at least in that moment. In the case of being threatened, lie, or will kill you, you value your life more than you value rectitude of will. Could be all sorts of other things. There could be sort of being placed into a situation where you're another sort of punctual one where it's something positive that you want rather than, you know, not being deprived of something. We'll give you a million dollars if you go down the street and kick this homeless person in the teeth. Kicking the per homeless person in the teeth, clear violation of rectitude of will maintained for its own sake. Definitely the wrong thing to do, but the million dollars is very attractive and you're like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Well, then you've chosen a million million dollars over maintaining rectitude of will in your will for its own sake. That is, you've chosen that over being a good person. You've chosen that over possessing justice. And so you value or prefer something else more, and then you will it more strongly. And in doing so, you will something that is incompatible with the rightness of will maintained for its own sake. And so you abandon it. You let it go is another way of thinking about it. In issues of difficulty, we have something similar going on. You manage to resist temptation up to this point and this point and this point, And then you're like, oh, I, I can't do it anymore. I, I have to give in. Well, what you valued then is something else more than maintaining rightness of will for its own sake. And you exchanged that rightness of will, which now you've lost, can't get back by your own activities or willing for whatever it is that you chose more. Rest, not being bothered by something, choosing the, the pleasure that, that's tempting you, whatever it happens to be. So Anselm's bottom line is in every case where a person does in fact abandon rectitude of will, they do so by their own choice willingly. And now we understand the mechanics of how this happens. Either they're placed into a situation where they have to choose between two incompatible things, one of which is, is rightness of will, and the other is, is something else that they, they do in fact value at that moment, or it's a matter of maintaining that commitment to rightness of will maintained for its own sake against the force of continual or long-term temptation. But in each case, Anselm says, we in fact do have the freedom to decide between these. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, Keep studying these great philosophical works.